0: if you want to crown them then crown their ass but they are who we thought they were and we let them off the hook you know what it is another episode of the fantasy freestyle where we put the fun in functional sports content i'm your host the spitting statistician dane martinez my man Matty modica is with us as always and matt like in the fantasy football regular season we're halfway through, you know, most leagues, you know, kind of 13 or 14 weeks in that regular season. You're halfway. I remember last week you were saying, you know, on the waiver wire, like, what are you waiting for? If not now, then when, you know, you have a good idea of where your teams stand. How are you doing so far across your dozens
1: and dozens of leagues? Uh, you know, I'm happy with the overall product. I have some really good teams, have some teams in the middle. and you, Of course, you're going to have a couple of stinkers if you do uh, – volume. Sure. So right now I'm happy. Uh I'm pumped for the second half. I think if you're a Jets fan, like I know you are, yeah. And a fantasy owner of say Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, I think better things are ahead for those two. I think you had your opportunity in the bye week to possibly trade for them. Like again, I'm really not in trade leagues, but those were guys I would have targeted. Schedule is so it opens much better up now. And Wilson's looking a little more competent each week. I'm not going to say he's good or this and that, but, you know, I think you just got to target Garrett Wilson and I think that's
0: fair, especially now coming back off the bye. That reminds me, as I always say, do your due diligence. There could be Panthers, Bengals, Cowboys, Mm -hmm. Texans, Titans, or Jets that another manager kind of felt the roster crunch. And, uh, you know, they could be out there. You know, a guy like Adam Thielen, who we've been loving. Garrett Wilson, who you talk about. The Houston Texans and their passing attack. These are things we've talked about. And with the bye week, you know, Joe Burrow. Maybe closer and closer to full health. We may see more of the C- uh, Cincinnati Bengals offense that we know and love. So I also, as you've been mentioning all year long, interesting quirk after six teams were on by <laughs> last week, you've got your full complement of players this week as no teams are on the bye. One thing I want to ask you, though, you know, as I look back on week seven, I have an idea of a concept for me of like, what's hype and what's real what's sizzle and what's steak and i want to i want to bounce something off of you you know this miami offense who looks so incredible scoring 70 points right hey chan and most start getting four touchdowns apiece and stuff like that i will say when they play buffalo they go down when they play philly they go down you know against philly It was a defensive touchdown, you know. They really only had one offensive touchdown, and I I see the teams that they've beat, and they're teams that are all below five hundred. And it makes me think about the playoffs. I do think Miami will be in the playoffs, but when they see other big time teams, Matt, and when it's you know twenty three degrees in Western New York or the state of Ohio, do you have any concern about? the way Miami does it and if it's sustainable kind of long-term into deep into the season where the weather changes into the playoffs and when we're in fantasy playoffs, or do you think those are just kind of the anomalies, the Buffalo game, the Miami game, uh, the Philly game, or more the blips on the radar?
1: No, I mean, that was one of my big questions entering this week was how, I mean, look, they've beaten up, as you said, the bad teams. And I think the teams they've beaten are combined like 5-26 and or something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are bottom feeders. And they've dominated them, done what they should have done. I'll give them a little bit of a pass because they lost both those games on the road. That's true. Not at home. And against the Bills, that was before the Bills' defense has been totally decimated by injuries. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they were a very good defense at that point. Again, going into Philadelphia on a Sunday night is an easy task. They are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. You saw in the first half, like, Hassan Reddick just stopped the run game. Once I you stop the run was-
0: and you can try to get to Tua, I think it's just a little bit different. And you say that's a tough matchup, right? But, like, on the road in the playoffs, wherever you go, it's going to mm-hmm. kind of be a I tough mean, matchup.
1: what's crazy to me as a Bills fan, I know you're a Jets fan. Yeah. But looking at it from this point on, I think the Jets might be the favorites to win the division. Hello? Really? The Bills are play Bills defense has been ravaged. Milano's gone, White's gone for the year, Oliver missed this past mm-hmm. weekend. I don't know what Von Miller is going to be, you know, he's 34 years old. I mean, he was a beast for them early on last year. So, I got a lot of questions there. I'm not a fan of their head coach or coaching staff, so i got questions right. there as well. And the Jets' schedule opens up. Completely Jets' opened. defense, you know, they the way they played the Eagles without their top two corners was pretty yep. impressive. And uh, the Dolphins are going to be there. I'm not saying the Dolphins are a bad team. No, I agree. I don't know if there really is a true elite team right now. OK, even the Ravens with their dismantling of the Lions so, have had their ups and downs.
0: That's what I was going to say. You know, when I talked about sizzle and steak, I almost wanted to say that I actually think Baltimore could be the stake. I mean, listen, they were impressive against Detroit. Mm-hmm. Lamar coming off a great game, 350 plus, And Lamar here. This is interesting. Out of PFF, Lamar Jackson has a 95, a 95.9 passing grade on throws. More than ten yards downfield, and listen—that was always the question about Lamar. You know, the deeper throws, throwing outside the numbers, and maybe at, they are—they are getting better. Maybe there's reason to believe that with more time in this Monkin system, absolutely,
1: that they're actually get better. I mean, I—I'll compare it, and I was on a podcast uh, Friday night, and I said, "I believe this offense will get much better as the season goes on." Yep. And it's kind of like the Rams from a couple of years ago when they got Stafford in there. You saw that second half, they really ascended. And I mean, you look at the games they lost. That Steeler game is still mind-blowing to me. I mean, oh, I didn't yes. bet the game, but how they only scored 10 points and how they lost that game and how they didn't blow them out, yes, the receivers dropped a ton of passes. The big difference with Lamar this week to me was on the plays that he kept alive. In the past, he's just going to take off and run. He's throwing. Year, he threw it. He got the touchdowns. Yes. The receivers actually caught the ball. OBJ was the most had the most targeted. Uh, he didn't have the biggest day receiver, but he had the most uh, targets. Andrews came through. Uh, yeah. Zay had a solid week. I mean, they just – it was one of those games. They just blew them out. I mean, Lamar had, I think, 255 yards passing at the half – the Lions had 13 net yards and no first mm-hmm. I want winners.
0: I want people that want to win. And Detroit comes in as everyone's darling, you know what I mean? And so I just I just say that listen, you know, San Fran has now lost. Philly has now lost. Everybody has lost. Things are starting to settle a little it's, bit. And I just think that Baltimore you know, is kind of still under the radar, has reason to grow. And I just contrasted that with Miami, who, you know, everyone thinks is so dynamic, but I wonder if that's kind of sustainable as we get into December and January. Are there other teams like that now that we're at the halfway point where you think maybe are underrated or overrated? I know you have notes kind of from any every game. Are, mm-hmm. Is there anybody that you think where the
1: arrow is pointing well, up or down? Let's just stay with the Lions. They got okay. steamrolled this week. schedule. Is just I think they played Dallas in week 17. And I the Lions might have the inside track to winning the NFC and having that you know home field advantage right. just due to their schedule. Mm-hmm. You look at the Eagles, the Niners now lost two games as well. Uh and they're basically their division is so poor. I mean, I can't believe the game the Vikings had. What about
0: Minnesota? Minnesota's schedule also opens yes, up yes, over the but, next couple of weeks. I'm not saying I believe, you know, looks like they're not going to trade Kirk Cousins, right? But they even said it on well, the podcast. I mean, Guys like Daniel Hunter. Yeah might be on the block. But if they start winning games and this division is, you know, and they have a path to a wild card spot even, you know, that division is interesting to me. I think Minnesota, we have not heard the last from them either. But you're right. Detroit comes in. and they're Yeah, I mean, Minnesota is maybe
1: the one team that can like kind of challenge them. I mean, the Packers look terrible. They I went agree. into Lambeau and, and destroyed them. The Bears are the Bears. I don't mm-hmm. think the Bears are challenging them. For the uh, division. So, you know, maybe they split with Minnesota. Yeah. But I still think it's just they have that kind of a way. I mean, we're going to see things this week is going to be a, a, a crucial game. Jacksonville-Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm really interested. I mean, the Steelers just somehow find the way to same games in play, well. And then they, they steal these games. Jacksonville, you know, that play to Kirk won them the game yeah. but in all honesty the Saints should have won that game. Yeah, that them or game. no they could still catch. Like yeah. Points. yeah absolutely. You know, I mean they had so many opportunities, the ineptness of that offense, you know, I mean like the misses they had and they still Put up what twenty points or something, or t- close to whatever it was. I mean, that was a wild game Thursday night. It will, and that division is still
0: uh, again. We were talking about the NFC North. The NFC South, I think, is still up for debate as well. Even with the Saints' loss, you know, do you really believe in Atlanta? And oh, let's 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 ask about this. What do you think about um, you know Bijan being having an illness or not being not being getting one well, carry in yeah, the so NFL? Yes, that up. Yes, I'm glad you he did brought get that one up. Carry. and so the idea that the NFL is investigating if they were real on the kind of injury report to me, let's just be real about it. I think Bijan just went out in Tampa the night before and wasn't and wasn't up for it, and
1: maybe it was. I mean, he was yeah. dragging. Hello, I, I'm not gonna. I mean, we blame Arthur Smith for a lot of stuff, and everybody hates him. I don't think this is his fault. Whether it's the young player went out on a Saturday night. That's in Tampa, right. Or he really did have these migraines, wasn't feeling well. I mean, he basically came to the coach's defense and stuff like that. Should have been on the injury report on Sunday morning. I don't know. I mean, maybe he was like, I, I'm I'm going to play through it. I'll, right. I'll, I'll be all right. So that was interesting. But I would look for Bijan to be fed this upcoming week and have like, yes. you know. That's interesting. interesting. Just because you brought up that game. I do yeah. want to mention the Chiefs, but just because you brought up that game. Huh. like Desmond Ritter was a guy I played this week in a couple of leagues. We we'll talked about you it. You know, with the buys and all that. And I sat cousins for him. But he was the most maddening guy. I mean, he still got me to where I wanted with the points. Fumbles the ball, on like to half mm-hmm. y'all luck. Then he's basically walking in the end zone. Problem was, he was walking in the end zone and not running in the end zone. And a great defensive play, and he fumbles the ball through the end zone. I mean, he's a guy that has tools. I don't know how good of a passer he is, but he can move around. He's got weapons. And he's an interesting guy if you have these quarterback injuries to, you know, maybe have as your backup or, you know, in certain leagues. I'm carrying three. When I have Fields, mm-hmm. Cousins, I added Ritter. Because mm-hmm. I don't know when Fields is coming back. Cousins, you know, watching that Bears game the week before, that offense was trash. And then last right. night, they were like all world. Like the guy couldn't get sacked. He almost went for 400 yards. Uh, so, I mean, I had, I had to throw that Desmond Ritter thing. It was like one of the most maddening performances. I did watch a lot of that game. Uh, to me, it's the Chiefs are the one elite team. And, <laughs> I mean, if you have Mahomes, he's, he's, to, he's Tom Brady next generation. You're probably, you got to go through them. That's I mean, right. this guy is just. Fantastic. I mean, the AFC championship game is
0: like the Arrowhead Invitational. Yes, exactly. That's oh, perfectly put. Has that been one. in the league, you know,
1: they have a really good defense now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if Rashi Rice is going to ascend to where I think that, can, I mean, look, they don't have that number one receiver, but they have the number one tight end. I mean, oh, of course. He's up there with Gronk. It's like the greatest of all time. You know, I mean, he's just that good. And if you get a uh, Rice just looks good. I mean, outside of uh, what was it? Maybe week two, we only got two targets. He's had like at least four or five in every game. And I think the arrows just point up with him. Forget about it. I think this is the first year where there
0: has not been an undefeated team into like Halloween or into week seven, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, in a long time. And that speaks to parity in the league. You bring up the Kansas City Chiefs. We've been talking about Rasheed Rice for a few weeks now. And I Mm -hmm. completely agree with you. I think he's gaining uh, Mahomes' trust. Right there's obviously Kelsey and what he is, but in the wide receiver core, a question I want to ask you is: uh, there was a trade in the NFL, and Miko Hardman goes from the New York Jets over to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now I don't think Miko Hardman is necessarily someone who's going to dramatically move the needle, but what he does have is experience in that offense. What he does have is a ready relationship and rapport with Patrick Mahomes, and and we've been wondering about. Rushy Rice, you know, Kadarius Honey, Sky Moore, MVS. I'm with you. I believe it is still definitively Kelsey, Rice, and then probably even McKinnon over a guy like Hardman. But McKinnon lost that touchdown. You see that touchdown yes. he would have had
1: like 40-something yards, that plate block in the back and the back. But my
0: question for you is, do you think the inclusion of Hardman changes the target share changes the piece of the pie at all for a guy like rice or maybe a guy like tony or sky moore or anybody else out there
1: i think it helps rice in a tremendous way because i think hardman's greatest asset is stretching the field okay he knows the routes they run the offense they want to do and he's gonna get you know what i like about rice is you see this kid he's running good routes but he runs hard. He's running downfield. He's decisive. And like I said, I think the trust has grown. The other thing uh, with McKinnon, he's just a guy we've seen it the last couple of seasons. Like he's a guy, if you can just stash on your bench, it always seems to be later in the season to the end of the year and in the playoffs is where he goes off. And besides Pacheco who's, been better than I thought, and like I said, he runs hard. He runs fast, fast. Not elusive at all. But you know, you got to appreciate what what the guy does, you know, on that level. But I I I think you know, McKinnon's a guy that you stash late, mm-hmm. and you maybe in your playoffs or something, he's a guy that you know wins you right. some games. We've just you you've seen it happen for the last two years. So and then you saw like Damian Williams mm-hmm. even before that. They've right. done it. They They rely on these pass catching backs later in the season and they get such a, a bigger, more prominent role at, at that level. So it's just something to, you know, file for, uh, for Keep an eye on for
0: sure. But, you know, we're talking about some of the wide receivers, whether it's in Kansas City or elsewhere. Here's what I want to do. And I love this part of the uh of the show here matt because you're always so surprised at ownership and roster percentages (laughs) right so let me tell you who the top three added wide receivers are on the waiver wire among people all of these guys i'm going to tell you are less than 50 percent roster okay these are the top three heaviest added guys in yahoo want to get your thoughts on how you would keyword, prioritize these guys. And then if you have any other to put on the radar, the first heavily owned guy or heavily added guy is uh, Josh Downs. And he's at 37%. Okay. Coming off five catches, 125 yards and a touchdown. We know he had the big play that made up for a lot of that, but listen, he led in all categories over Pittman. I wonder if there's, you know, any kind of connection there with Minshew mania time, but he's the heavily added guy on the wide receiver list at 37%. Then a guy we've, talked about a bunch. Kendrick Bourne is on rosters in 27% of leagues. Had a touchdown last week. I believe it was his first since week one, six catches, 63 yards. And then the last guy only owned in 38% of leagues. Third most added wide receiver in Yahoo leagues is Brandon Cooks. In Dallas, coming off 436 and a touchdown. He got one carry, I believe, on an end around for 14 yards as well. These are three guys that are readily available. Um, how would you prioritize these three? And do you have other wideouts on your watch
1: list that you think should be on the radar? I do have three others. Okay. Uh, I'll say it like this. If you want that steady, if you want that safer floor, you go Kendrick Bullard. Okay. He's proven to be like a nice bi-week filler. Uh, like, what does he have, like mid-15s or a little more the last couple of weeks? Yeah. He be popped a little early in the season. Uh, Juju was out. I mean, a guy that I wrote down, Demario Douglas, with no Juju. He saw a huge route increase. He's somebody they, they elevated a couple of weeks ago. They want to get more involved. Uh, but born for that safer floor, Downs for more of the upside. I do like Joshua Downs. Uh, as you saw, he had that big, uh, long touchdown. Right, Pittman, who only caught two balls, broke free. He had a long touchdown as well. Uh, those are two guys you're definitely adding. Who was the third guy again? Uh, Brandon Cooks. Yeah, Brandon Cooks, I would add him. I mean, not on not mentioned here, is a guy that I have stashed in so many leagues, and I still believe it will happen at some point later, Jalen Hyatt. Jalen yeah. Hyatt was second in air yards this week. The Giants' offense has to get him the ball, has to at least keep targeting this kid. He's one of the fastest guys, not just the Gadget offense he played in. He's better than that. Uh, OBJ led in targets this week. Yeah. You know, maybe with the new offense. Like he said, this is a new offensive system. He's coming off, you know, he still was coming off that injury and all that stuff. So, and he's had a couple of little tweaks here or there. So, OBJ is the guy you watch. Uh, so, I mean, those are the guys okay. in like the wide receivers. I'm trying to think of anybody else. No, so that's, those are the guys that's, that's guys fair enough. That's pretty fair pretty enough. Much. Here's where I'm going to shock you. This is the due diligence play
0: of the week here, Maddie. Um, remember, this is a team that was coming off a bye a couple of weeks ago and a guy who's coming back from injury. Uh, you're not going to believe this. Available in 20% of leagues. Okay. One out of every five people listening to the fantasy freestyle right now here on the Cloud 10 Podcast Network, where we put the fun in functional fantasy analysis. Deontay Johnson's available in one out of that's every crazy. five leagues. Okay. So the roster percentage is at 80, but due diligence, one out of every five people can find that. I know it's all about pickings to be sure, but Deontay Johnson, obviously you spent an interesting draft pick on him early in the season, coming back off the injury, you know, had six targets, five catches for 79 yards. So that's in the wide receiver. I'm going to tell you something. And, you know, we already have uh, declared our fandom here on the pod. We know you're a Buffalo guy. I'm a J-E-T-S, Jess, Jess, Jess guy. I think there is a league winner potential on the waiver wire. And he's up in your neck of the woods, Matt. With Dawson Knox going down with the wrist injury and having the wrist surgery that he's going to be out for a couple of weeks, I believe... Dalton Kincaid. I believe that Kincaid, who is on rosters on 43% of leagues, so he is available in over half of leagues. All right. Listen, had the eight catches, the 75 yards. They drafted him for a reason. Buffalo is a prolific offense. And Matt, we talk about how outside of the top tier guys, you know, on National Tight End Day, which was last weekend as well, (laughs) that sometimes you're touchdown dependent. If there is no Dawson Knox, I believe Kincaid has a role that is not touchdown dependent, that there will be a floor for targets and receptions and production. And if you don't have one of about two or three tight ends that are named like Kelsey Hawkinson and maybe somebody else, Kincaid, I think, is an upgrade for you. And someone, as long as Knox is out, someone I believe you need to grab and start in leagues and can really be that delta for you of a guy that's averaging eight or nine points a game to someone like Kincaid, who I think can legitimately get you, you know, 13 to 15 points in PPR leagues going forward. I believe that Kincaid is a must add if you have any issues at the tight end position. And I think he's a big upgrade for most tight ends in that kind of second tier and below. What are your thoughts on Kincaid as a Bills fan, knowing that Knox is going to be down for a while?
1: I want winners. Oh uh, Yeah, I mean, I think we're Kincaid, and you see with a lot of these rookie wide receivers too. He's a rookie tight end. He basically a wide Later receiver.
0: in the season, yeah.
1: You know, as the season progresses, the problem here with the Bills' offense is, for me as a Bills fan, look, when they're pressuring, the Patriots succeeded, they got the pressure on Allen. The Bills' need to do is let Josh Allen be Josh Allen. Yeah, you're going to have some of those week one games versus the Jets, mm-hmm. but he's got to be mobile. He's got to run, too. He hasn't been run. He has not run. When right. he runs, that offense is so much better. It opens up so many more things. The other thing that builds off, it can't just be Stefan Diggs all the time. Enter and like said, Kincaid. Kincaid. Kincaid stepped in. Here's another guy. I don't get it. I don't know why he's off the field as much as he is, but you saw a couple of glimpses. Throw James Cook the bowl. Yeah. Use him in the screen game yeah. so much more. You don't think you use him as a runner. I mean, he basically played like as a wide receiver, caught the puck, you know. It, it, he can do this stuff. And and, and they need that. You have Gabe Davis. He's a guy that's going to have big weeks and then have sure. the weeks he had this week. And Kincaid, this is what you're looking for. No knocks. Because I played Meyer over him in like one or two leagues. I mean, I had Kincaid hmm. in other leagues. But... You know, it just wasn't there. He wasn't – maybe he was getting, you know, four or five targets. He had what Like, you know, he was readily targeted. He was a big part of the offense. I don't see that going away. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'll give you another guy not as exciting, but somebody that seems to be emerging in the tight end. Go ahead. Uh, if you don't want to pick him up this week, maybe watch list. Trey McBride in Arizona. Mm, okay. As we see him start to – very athletic dude. I mean, a super huh. freak athletically. Kyler Murray should be back in a couple of weeks, another guy, Interesting. you know, having these quarterback woes and injuries or just ineffectiveness, you stash him. Okay, and then let me ask you about, we've, we've played this game before,
0: but uh, Taysom Hill got in the end zone again last week um, as a tight end, and I will say this, he has 11 catches. In his last two games. He's actually been used as a receiver. He's had, you know, like four or more carries in six of the seven games this year for the Saints. He is only on rosters in 10% of leagues. Like, I I asked you about the stability at the tight end position, right? In a weird way, could the kind of production that Taysom Hill offers actually be more stable
1: than other tight ends? I mean, we have to get past a certain amount. It's kind of, if he's available as a tight, if he's designated as tight end With that eligibility, yeah. You know, it does make it interesting. I mean, this offense, it's not like they don't have good pieces. I know. I mean, mean, Kamara, just listen to Kamara's target. I think he just caught another pass. I think he just caught another pass out of the backfield. 14 targets, three targets, eight targets, 14 targets. I mean, Olave has gotten double-digit targets in five of the seven games, has 25 targets in his last two games, and he should be having a monster season. But it hasn't, you know, there's still a half a season left in, in our fantasy. So, like, it's it's not over, people. Like I said, I watched that game. The Saints should have probably won by 10 points, being honest with you. Yep. But they just were so inept. Right. <laughs> I- I hear you. I hear
0: you. I want to. Um, I want to look at the running back position. Um, because listen, Deontay, and- Deontay, hello,
1: you play to win the game. I was
0: wondering about Roshan if he comes back from the concussion. Deontay Foreman does his thing, but I wanted to first. Go to Los Angeles, right? Because last week we were like, "Oh, will Zach Evans be the guy?" You talked about his college tape. Then you know they they elevate uh, Daryl Henderson. They put him back on the practice squad. To, uh, you know, yesterday they bring in Miles Gaskin. We Royce Freeman leads them, right? What do you? How do you make sense of the Rams' running back room? Because earlier in the season, Kyron Williams was helping people win weeks, right? He actually yeah. is now on IR, and this. This is a mishmash of, you know, Freeman's e- Freeman, Evans, Gaskin, Henderson on the practice squad. How Can you make sense of this
1: backfield for me? Uh, I'm going to try. I don't know if I can, but I mean, the th- here's the thing with Zach Evans. I had this guy stashed in so many oh. leagues, and then, you know. I spent 35% like in one league on him. And, and I basically, in the last two weeks prior, got rid of him everywhere. You know, maybe I had him on a couple of teams left. So the bids Wednesday night, you know, my leagues, they were like $500 and more. Yeah. And I didn't get him anywhere. Uh, And Hendo seems to be the guy I want to own. I know Freeman got a lot of work too. It's just that Henderson has, you know, he's been with the Rams in the past. Uh, I I think, you know, that stability, you know, keeping Stafford upright is another Mm -hmm. thing. So, I mean, Freeman – Yeah, I would take a shot on him too, but if I had a choice, it would be Henderson. Okay. And I guess, you know, Zach Evans is not ready for prime time in Sean McVay's eyes. And a lot of people spent a lot of money. And again, I don't blame him. It's going back to two weeks ago when I said uh, I dropped like $400 in some spots on Deontay Foreman, but you got to feel the roster, especially with Pies. You got to get your wins, you got to keep piling up points. You know, yeah. like, well, next week, you know, I'll uh, time's I'll running play. short. What was interesting with Deontay Foreman the week before he had 7.7 points and he was six inches away from having almost a 14 point week. And people would have viewed him much different tackled yeah. like that. Half yard line. They did the quarterback sneak with that That's what I call him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's just weird how like funny, how, you know, it's sometimes just a game of inches and in how how you view players. No, absolutely.
0: Some other running backs that are heavily added this week, going back to Amari DiMarcado. Everyone thought it was going to be Ingram, but in fact, DiMarcado had 17 touches, 75 yards. He's only on rosters in about 15, 20% of leagues. And then an interesting one that I want to ask you about is um is Cam Akers. In Minnesota. You know, Cam Akers, 61 yards. I know you are not a Madison guy. We just talked about how the Vikings schedule opens up. Akers now with more time on this roster, maybe getting a little bit more familiar. He's on rosters in less than 50% of leagues as well. I guess the question for, for you is, do you see a universe in where like a month from now,
1: Akers has pretty much pulled even or leapfrogged Madison? Uh, I mean, I guess that's possible. I'm really not big on either. I did not right. draft Akers anywhere. Like, that six-round running back uh, range I didn't like. It was Acres, there was Madison, Rasheed White, even Miles Sanders, who now seems to be in a timeshare with Chuba going forward. With Chuba, we've been so talking if about pick that. Pick yep. up, Chuba. Or if he's out there, nobody picked him up. I would add him. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, they have – if you watched the game last night, you heard it frequently – they have zero rushing touchdowns this year. Mm-hmm. And I will say, which would probably me, Madison, like, that first carry the game. Look great. Like a a I was like, oh, shit. But, you know, was shut down after that. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, if, if you have the room to speculate and, you know, put them on your bench, yeah. I mean, as we stated, their schedule now all of a sudden opens up pretty nice right. for them. You know, they're playing a lot of teams with two wins or three wins. Yep, game script could be in their favor. And I just think, listen, the same way
0: we talk about rookies and how they ascend over time in the season as they gain familiarity, I think on some level the same thing can be said for guys that you, you know, trade for mid season. He's got to learn playbook. He's got to learn the facility, all that stuff. And I do think there is a narrative, there is a blueprint for him to grow. And, you know, if you think about it this way, Minnesota – looked to acquire a running back i think that says something about what they think about madison you know on some level and so i do think there might be an opportunity there outside of foreman are there other running backs on your radar on your watch list to keep an eye on here on the wave wire? yes
1: uh well because uh, you see, he did admiral work jerome ford yes. had that big touchdown run but uh pierre strong should be hmm. on radars now because he's out, I think, at least a couple of weeks. Yep. So one to two. And I don't know, maybe even worse than that. Uh, and I don't think Hunt is going to be a guy that's going to be like a bell cow back. Correct. I mean, what was kind of crazy, that was one of the most insane games, Cleveland, Indianapolis this weekend. It was. And uh, Cleveland almost didn't get that touchdown. It took them that fourth down, and Hunt finally pushed it in. The weirdest stat of the day was I have Cleveland Browns defense on a lot of teams now. Me too. People drop they still scored, the like
0: 20 points defensively. In,
1: in the two formats I predominantly play, the NFFC, they got 18 points, giving up what, 39? Yeah. On the well, day. they had the touchdown. They had a block kick. And in the FFPC, they had 20 points. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just thought like giving up 39 points and being able to put up that number was yeah. just amazing. And, you know, if you get a really good defense at this point, I think you just ride it. Uh, I mean, I have uh, a team with Cleveland and Dallas, and I'm probably going to drop Dallas. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dallas lost Diggs, uh, Van Ness is hurt. And they got a pretty tough schedule coming up. They're going to have a run of really good offensive teams. And I don't really see myself yeah. not playing Cleveland. <laughs> and I like the fact that Cleveland's already
0: passed its bye. You yes. know, so you don't even got to worry about that buy crunch. You know, you gotta if you like a team, you could just ride with them if they're ready after their buy. Only a couple minutes left here, Matt. So, are there any other uh, guys on the radar or notes from any games that you think are sustainable
1: that you want to give to the people here on Fantasy Freestyle? Uh, I, I'll I'll, st- I'll hit a, a couple of notes that I, I I thought were really evident. The Washington Redskins. I mean, the running back situation. I don't know why Brian Robinson is not getting the full workload, but he had eight rushes. Rodriguez had seven. Mm-hmm. And then the wide receiver, we thought maybe it would be concentrated between McLaurin and Dotson. McLaurin, nine targets. Dotson, eight targets. Samuel, eight targets. Samuel. And then you add on Logan Thomas's six target. So there's like, you know, five thousand. A herd, to be sure. <laughs> and an interesting note, uh, Howell got sacked six more times. I, mean, I don't know how they're not leaving somebody in to help with this. He's on pace to set the record with 92. Oh, David Carr with the Texans had the record. I think it was 90 or like 88. Uh, That was of note to me. I thought that was really uh, a big thing. I'm on Ross St. Brown, even in a blowout. Still got 19 targets with 13 receptions. God bless him. Uh, Gino Smith has been mad this year. He's made a lot of bad passes. Their receivers, had, uh, Seattle has one game with a wide receiver over 100 yards. That's DK. They have two games with receivers over 75 yards. I mean, Met, uh, Lockett had 94 uh, the the prior week. And, you know, JSN had a, had a nice day. It was finally JSN week. It should have right. been better. Right. And even the kid Bobo, who I know from UCLA, I'm a UCLA fan. He spent most of his time at Duke, but he did play for UCLA. And the guy had guy doesn't have speed, but the guy makes catches. You throw the ball in his vicinity and he's he's got a big frame. You saw that uh insane touchdown catch he had. Uh and you know it's it's kind of amazing how that receiver core and Geno – have been subpar to date. And they got the Niners twice, they got the Eagles, and they they have the Cleveland Browns that we were just talking about um, next week in week
0: eight. So we'll see which Geno and which passing attack shows up for the Seattle Seahawks, but I'll tell you what, after week eight, we will be back to discuss everything we can see. What we're going to do in the second half of the season, because waivers may not be as important, we'll give you more of our takeaways from teams and games as we move along in your playoffs push in the fantasy football world but this has been another edition of the fantasy freestyle for my guy Matty mo money modica i'm the spitting statistician dane martinez like follow subscribe drop a five-star review and just be sure to keep it locked to fantasy freestyle so you can win your league and win that cash good luck to everybody here in week eight we'll be back next week we out of here peace